What's up, Brewskies? My name is Marco Dupa, and with me, as always, the great and powerful Adam Obesius Rodriguez. Oh, yeah, boy. Tonight's brew is from the Big Storm Brewing Company. The Blueberry... Blue... Blueberry. Fuck! <laughs> the Blueberry Lemon Tart Ale. Uh, brewed right here in sunny FLA, 5.7 ABV. Uh, you went and picked this up straight from the source, yeah? I did. I plucked it right off of a tree. <laughs> All right. Well, what we have on tap for you guys, I had my metal show virginity taken. Very nice. And it was, it was gentle, surprisingly gentle oh. and kind. Mm -hmm. And it was, just a, it was just a nice experience. That's nice. Yeah. Uh, you will witness the return of the fabled trailer trash. Trailer And Tarantino's last film... Will it be Kill Bill Volume 3? Who knows? Even he doesn't seem to know. But we're going to tackle that and more on, uh, this is, uh, what is this, 329? Three, I believe so. Something of the like One Baron Podcast. Huh! Oh, yeah. Huh! Oh, you got to take a seat. song I hear on TikTok. <laughs> I don't even know what that is. It's it's one of those it's one of those TikTok trends where uh, uh, the beat they start saying something. So uh, the last one I watched, this girl was doing she was doing like intrusive thoughts, mm -hmm. and so she'd be sitting there and like the beats like and every time that it hit on the kick, it was like until it distorts. It would freeze. And distort, mm -hmm. and then it would say something that was like a misdirection to the so like the just the um, intrusive thoughts thing was like e each time it did it. God, you just have to watch. Okay. I'm just yeah. like butchering. Don't this. explain the TikTok. Yeah. yeah, please don't. Is that the new like you? You just can't explain the joke. Yeah, no, like, you just can't explain you the can't TikTok. Do you can't do it. Yeah, yuck. This is the One Bearing Podcast, the podcast for two brews, crack open a brew, and see where that one brew takes us. And Adam, please, if you would do us the honor of explaining a little bit more about tonight's brewski. Oh, sure. This guy is brewed in Florida. It's from the Big Storm Brewing Company. It's called the Blueberry Lemon Tort Ale, brewed with fresh blueberries from Southern Hill Farms in Claremont, Florida. It's a 5.7% ABV. I went to that farm to celebrate Sherry's birthday. Say hi, Sherry. Hello. Hello. Happy uh, birthday. Yay. Yay. She's currently in a cave right now. You can't hear her. Um, <laughs> anyway, we do have a cold read on this bad boy. Uh, and it goes as follows. <clears throat> Southern Hill Farms is a family-owned and operated U-Pick and commercial farm in Claremont, Florida. Our mission is to create a space to make lasting memories across generations and give you the chance to know your local farm and love your local farmer. 
that sounds like they're hitting on you. Mm -hmm. Brewed with flavorful blueberries fresh from our fields, this copper ale bursts with vibrant blueberry sweetness, balanced by the addition of refreshing lemon peel. This beer is reminiscent of Miss Lisa's famous blueberry lemon tort. All right. So there you have it. I can taste Miss Lisa right now. Mm. Wait. Ah, mm. <sighs> refreshing. Yeah, it's not that bad. <clears throat> it's not that bad. Not that bad. Not that bad. Ding. So yeah, I. Uh, Excuse me. If you've uh, if you've been following this show for any amount of time, I think. Well, not any amount of time, but a good amount of time. Um, you'll know that uh, metal or, or heavier music, I guess I should describe it, is is sort of a glaring blind blind spot in my uh, musical. Uh, I don't know repertoire. Yeah, and um. Honestly, if it weren't for working at Red Light and uh, being with my my partner, who I'm with now currently, unless right she, now, uh, this well, second, unless she figures out, you know, unless she wises up, you know, what I'm saying <laughs> <laughs> uh, until she listens to this podcast, yeah, yeah. okay. Uh, <clears throat> I I probably would have never. I just would have just gone on my merry way of just not. Diving in at all, mm. so uh, how, I mean, how much metal music do you listen to? How much of that? Um, how much of that shit. Not a lot. I, I'll have I'll have times where I'll, I'll dip a toe. Um, frankly, a lot of it recently has been through video game soundtracks, which is very mm. nerdy to admit. But <laughs> uh, both of the recent Doom game soundtracks are just shock full. Of, of heavy riffs and uh, <sighs> intricate drums, and I, I love that stuff. It's yeah. very nice. I love that stuff. And obviously, you know, growing up, my one of my first exposures to heavier music was Devil May Cry. Um, yeah. So I followed those as well. Uh, but outside of that, my brother was always big into metal when I was younger. Mm. So he was my, my main exposure point, uh, unfortunately. To a lot of the um, let's uh, let's be kind and say crappier of of the genre, the more commercial um, butt rock of the late '90s to early 2000s. Um, this is you being kind? Yeah, I could be worse <laughs> about a lot of that music. Um, you know, guilty pleasures though. I still like a lot of so, you know, the Papa Roaches out there, uh, the, the Limp Biscuits, if you will, yes, yes, from time course, to time. Um, but yeah, a little biscuits, if you will. You had to be there. You had to be there. Definitely had to be there. But no, I don't listen to a ton of of current metal and heavy music. Yeah, uh, I think the last metal, uh, it's kind of metal adjacent uh, album I bought was probably from the Sword. They're kind of stoner rock, though. Okay, I don't know the the proliferation of of all these sub-sub-genres of rock are kind of confusing unless you're in the thick of it. Yeah. So No, I mean, you you, you honestly could have made up all of those band names and just, <laughs> it would have washed right over me. Yeah. So, well, all that being said, I had the privilege to uh, attend my first 
uh, heavy metal show in the form of Knotfest, which apparently is a thing that uh, Slipknot does. <laughs> I okay. didn't know that that's what it's called until I saw the merch, and I was like, oh, that's what we're doing? That's, mm-hmm. that's why we're here? So courtesy of uh, Steve, inventory manager extraordinaire Shout at Steve. Red Light, Red Light yes, yes. Uh, who I've become friends with, he uh, he had an extra ticket and was like, "You want to go?" And and I was like, "You know, it's all of this is going to be lost on me, right?" <laughs> and uh, he was like, "Yeah, but I think it'd be I think it'd be a good time." Mm-hmm. Slipknot, it's a spectacle to behold. Sure, it's not. Ju- it's just it's a show, so you could you could not really as long as you can kind of tolerate it, I guess mm-hmm. uh, you can get into just being there. The as, show. as long as you're not offended by the actual noise. Of yes, all. yes, yeah. basically. Yeah, and so I was like, "Ah, yeah, fuck it, let's do it." So uh, we made a whole fucking day of it. Went to uh, went to a couple breweries out there in Tampa. Got it. Is where it was being held. You got actually it. in the amphitheater that we saw Big Guava, where we uh-huh. where Big Guava was. Yeah. Rest in peace. I know. What when a good I, year, dude. When I got there, and I just I didn't I realized <laughs> where I was. I just kind of looked around. You had like a sense memory. Yes. Yes. Yeah, like acid flashback. And it all just like morphed into, and I was like, start crying. Uh, uh, <laughs> Where's from the jewels? Are we Action here to see the strokes? Right there. <laughs> I saw the alchemy. <laughs> and uh, yeah, so we go. I got to see a couple bands that I never have even, I never would. In a million years, honestly, take the time to sit down and listen to because I'm a dick. <laughs> you're, just, you're just focused on what you like. We talked about this with the, the entire Spotify, Apple Music conversation. Yeah, that's you know? true. That's we're, true. Ju- we're just highly focused in on what we like and we drill deep on that. Yeah. 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 So the bands, I, we missed the first band. I don't even know who they were. So, sorry guys. <laughs> but the, the band after that was Fever 333, which is apparently like some... Super group rap core uh, group. It was put together by a, a bunch of other bands. Interesting. And uh, so they 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 were like the second opener, and they they. I mean, honestly, dude, what I come away from this with is how good I I thought uh, Fever three 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 was. They were fucking awesome. Hmm. We'll get to my reactions, but okay. Fever three three three, Kill Switch Engage. Mm-hmm. Which I'm told is uh, sort of dad rocky when it comes to all of this. Yeah. Which I'm like, I, I have no context. I mean, just for it to be different than just knowing that I know the name of that band is probably enough to say like, yeah, they're probably like the uh, the the quote unquote sellouts of that yeah. of that entire thing, you know? Yeah. And then obviously, no shade. I don't know them personally, yeah. but fuck them though. Okay. Slipknot is the uh, <laughs> Slipknot, the the obviously the, the the headliners, right? And um, so first of all, the whole thing was really well done. Merch was good. I like 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 cool dope design. I mean, metal designs are always fucking awesome. Yeah, doesn't matter what the band is. Sure. They always seem to have a dope ass uh, design for their merch. Um, everybody seemed pretty cool. Like, crowd was good. Everybody was into it, so that's always fun. You don't get people kind of sitting down, not really getting into it. Everybody was was pretty, you know, down with the sickness, Mm -hmm. if you will. Okay. 
I know that reference. See? I, I know some stuff, guys. <laughs> I know some stuff. Yeah. So, yeah, reactions. Uh-huh. Fever 333. Mm-hmm. They were awesome. Okay. They were, they were, uh, I liked the stuff that the guy was saying, the stuff that I could understand. Make out, yeah. <laughs> the stuff that he was saying in between the songs was really cool mm-hmm. about inclusion and, and uh, POCs and, and these, these uh, predominantly, I, I wouldn't say predominantly white spaces, but like thought to be predominantly white spaces. Maybe traditionally white. Traditionally white spaces. Yeah. Uh, that was really cool to feel seen. Yeah. Because I have, you know, I'm just like I'm looking around like, oh. <laughs> Did he see me and like <laughs> those Mexicans over there and like a I those feel black dudes over there? Less threatened. Yeah. Nice. <clears throat> no, it was really nice. Uh, I fa- I found out later on that he is half black, so that's probably okay. why he seems to be aware of uh, his space or, sure. or or his his uh yeah yeah the space that he's taking up in yeah. in that space uh-huh. I guess. So they were cool. Kill switch engaged kind of. I don't know, washed over me. I didn't. I just. I just had no frame of reference sure. for them. So like, even Slipknot, at least I know who they are. Mm-hmm. I've heard some of their songs. Seeing them is like Steve said, a spectacle. Sure. Them being all dressed up and the show that they put on and the whole the whole thing was like mind blowing just to witness. Killswitch yeah. Engage was just like another band there. Mm-hmm. I was like, ah, I mean, they didn't really stand out. Fever three 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 had their thing. Kill Switch was just there. Slipknot comes on, and it's like, yeah, it's a, it's a fucking it's a full-on show. Yeah, dude's got all the masks on and stuff. Like, Very Halloweeny. <laughs> it was awesome. It's good. The lead guitarist, man, he's wearing like that metal mask, and he's just like, like looking around. Like, <laughs> <laughs> it's like Metalocalypse. <laughs> I fucking loved it. Yeah, no, it was awesome. Nice. It, was, it was a it was a good time. It was a good time. So has it opened the door? To me, listening to more heavier music, I mean, the show, I guess inadvertently, because I did check out Fever 333 uh-huh. afterward and was impressed by what I heard, I think it's mostly just, yeah, I would say, yeah, the show kind of op- kind of cracked the door a little bit. Mm. Uh, Paris is obviously opening the door a little bit, inch by inch. Steve... Uh, Relentlessly, <laughs> well, <laughs> you're going to listen to this, yeah. So for a full eight-hour shift. So there's there, there's that. I'm I'm getting into it. So okay. I will report back after my findings with some of this other stuff. Yeah. Well, look, I like a lot of the sounds that I've heard from a lot of metal. I just don't know where to look for it. Mm-hmm. So if you find anything good, I expect you to report back to me, so I can therefore investigate further. Will do. I'm into it. I'm interested. Yeah. I, I'm ready, willing, and able. So let me know. All right, I got you. All right, <clears throat> all right. I warned you guys what was coming. <laughs> uh oh. And so here we are. We finally, finally, after months and months of just having this teaser dangled in front of us, mm-hmm. and we just have to speculate on what we're going to see we get the cast we get some images from the movie and we obviously got the teaser that's just been just just like a carrot just right outside of uh-huh. your reach we finally get a full actual trailer for the batman this is trailer trash trailer trash <laughs> matt reeves 
The Batman. The Batman. The Batman. Mm-hmm. With just an insane cast. Robert Pattinson. Uh, Zoe Kravitz. Zoe Kravitz. Colin Farrell. Paul Dano. Paul Dano is Riddler. Jeffrey Wright is Gordon. Right. Andy Serkis as Alfred. Yeah. I didn't know John Turturro was in this. Yeah, it's just a, just a killer, killer cast. Wow. Peter Sarsgaard. That, yeah. That guy. <laughs> Peter Sarsgaard. That. Well, who's that? Barry Cogan? Is yeah, he I, he, I don't think he's not listed as a specific character, but he's a well-known character actor. So mm. I think he may have a... Be doing something. Yeah, maybe like a secret uh, character <coughs> that we don't yet know about. Yeah. Well, uh, it's out. We've both witnessed it. Adam, what did you think? Uh, I want more. 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 Uh, yeah, I mean, it. Uh, I think it did about as well as it could for me. I, I was left only wanting to watch the full movie. And I think that's what any good trailer should uh, should leave you with. Mm-hmm. I don't think they show too much. I think a lot of the the plot is still a bit of a mystery. Yeah. Um, and I like I like the little shades we're getting of all the characters uh, of the Riddler and of Penguin, and uh, we get a little little like preview of Zoe Kravitz as Catwoman. Yeah. Um, and I'm just I'm liking everything I'm saying. I really. Yeah. I like, I mean, we, we were talking about this before, but, you know, the one thing I would say was lacking from Nolan's trilogy was in the action, specifically the fight scenes, the choreography. And from what they've shown so far, it is, you know, exactly what I was looking for. Yeah. Visceral, brutal, um, you know, just, I mean, again, you're able to see all the action yeah. You know, it's not all the shaky cam and like super close ups of just elbows and fists. I, I, I love what the action looks like in this movie. I like that it looks mostly practical. Um, and yeah, I like the kind of gritty tone they're going with that feels distinct. And, uh, you know, like it's kind of, you know, it, it clearly influenced by what came before, but I feel like it, it does have its own kind of flavor. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, I, uh, I'm impressed so far. I, I don't want to get overly excited because I don't want to get disappointed. But yeah, I think they, they knocked out the park with this one. Yeah, with the trailer for sure. <clears throat> I like oh, excuse me, Colin Farrell's take on Penguin. I was very surprised because we've only seen it. We haven't actually heard him. Yeah. And the, he's like, nah, I'm going to play him New York. Like old... 20s New York right. gangster. I'm not going to play him as what probably would have been way easier for him, mm. which is a, a English like he is yeah. in the comics. He's like, nah, I'm going to play it differently. I'm going to go in a, in a completely different direction with this. Mm. And I think it looks, it appears that that's going to work better in this in this movie. Yeah. In this uh, dark, gritty, visceral tone that they're setting. Mm-hmm. That's going to work better. And Paul Dano is just a genius. Yeah. So he, he, he comes off really creepy. Yeah. <laughs> Even with just a little bit that he has. Like the, yeah. the, the fact that they're making the Riddler seem almost like a uh, like a Unabomber type character. Or, or like the fucking uh, Zodiac. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. 
very very interesting take. I which like is it. which is really cool, and and they kind of got lucky because now it's kind of timely that people mm-hmm. kind of have those things on their mind. Sure, and then this character going to be you know the main villain of this movie, and also Matt Reeves has been talking about how you don't usually you haven't seen the detective side of Batman really. He's the world's greatest detective, and he hasn't really been utilized in such a way. Mm-hmm. He's uh, <clears throat> he's basically just been this brawler with gadgets. But, yeah, and so anything it, it it seems like nothing has ever come as a challenge to him mentally. Mm-hmm. It's always been physically he's had to overcome these things, but like you know he's never been challenged in such a way. If you really think about it, what was the last time it was? I mean, it was really when they had Riddler, uh, Jim Carrey's Riddler. Yeah, that there was ever any even kind of. Uh, mystery yeah yeah but for the most part he's just been he, he he's known all the answers the whole time or just stumbled upon the answer yeah like with talia you know like, yeah right. oh what stab me i thought you loved me um and and he's always been kind of seasoned and weathered for the mo- like, even in Batman Begins, like, what were the real growing pains? You know, once yeah. he got the right gadgetry, it was just like it was just Batman. Well, funny enough, I think with that movie, we didn't maybe we maybe didn't get enough of him as just old Bruce without you know all the training and stuff. Yeah, you know, like it, it was very quick from Bruce to. All right, now he's, you know, in this mystical world and land. He could have just been the 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 majority of the movie could have been him, you know, being Bruce, then being trained, then being like a really shitty Batman. Yeah. Up until the very very end. Well, that's kind of what Year One is about, the comic. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, that would have I think that would have been better. And I think I mean it would have worked, and then and then in the second movie, now you've got a seasoned Batman, and then he gets a better suit because yeah. he's now it makes more sense. Well, because begins. I mean, uh, tell me if I'm wrong, but a lot of that was basically okay. He's Bruce Wayne. He wants revenge. He doesn't get it. He goes into training to save Gotham uh, by going on this mystical quest. Yeah. Um. Uh, trains with the League of Assassins, yeah, and then is Batman essentially League of Shadows. Like right there, he he becomes Batman. Yes. The only thing that improves in that time basically is his tech. It's pretty good. It's pretty good. Thank you. Yeah, I, I think especially because nobody's gonna be able to understand it, <laughs> so that's perfect. And you know that's yeah that's yeah exactly. But yeah, he just becomes, he is now Batman. Right. I don't think, Very quickly. We, we don't see him really, I don't think, learn much in that time. It's just. No, there's the parts uh, after he comes back into town and he's kind of putting his suit together. And like, there's that one scene where he, uh, where he. Just he has, has like just a ski the, mask yeah, on. Yeah, and it's like jumping from building mm-hmm. to building and like crashing into shit. And yeah. like, you know, then there's, like, I guess, I, I guess, I guess. <laughs> I guess there's a moment where doesn't he get lit on fire at some point in that movie? 
Yeah, the scarecrow lights him on fire. Yeah, yeah. <sighs> but again, yeah, that's that, right because that's what he's like on the roof. Alfred. <laughs> 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 It hurts. <laughs> oh, God. Oh, being the Batman hurts. Please. Come pick me up. It's raining. <laughs> what do you mean, who is this? <laughs> who else has this number? <laughs> that's right. Um, yeah, but, you know, I mean, that's my point, though, is, like, sure, he gets bested, but his solution to that is just to work on his technology, which yeah. I understand is an aspect of Batman, but I'm not trying to take anything away from that. And, again... I'm criticizing a movie I love. but uh, Batman Begins would have worked better. Well, not worked better, but if you wanted to introduce the detective side of Batman, it would have worked better to have us not know who Crane was. Sure. He would have had to figure that. That, would have, that should have been a part of the movie, is yeah. uh, investigating who the Scarecrow was. Or Ra's al Ghul. Or Ra's al Ghul. Yeah. Because he he's gifted that information, too. At the yeah. End. Yep. So it's, not, it's never... He never has to figure anything out. And cool. then in the second movie, he's trying to figure out who Joker is, but then like the whole bit about Joker is the fact that he's nobody. Yeah. He's he an enigma. Literally just appeared and has no past, no nothing. He has mm -hmm. no agenda. He's just a, a psychopath. Mm -hmm. And so there's that. And yep. then in the third one, again, he's just gifted with all of the information. He doesn't need to know who Bane is. They, they tell him who he is. Yep. Then uh, Talia... You know, stabs him. So, like, yeah, he's just gifted all this information. He, just, he stumbles his way through the plot. He does. He really does. Yeah. And kind of takes away from... He doesn't seem as... He never strikes me as a genius. No. You know? He strikes me as a guy who, like, just has a bunch of tech. Because most of the tech is made by fucking... Uh, <laughs> Fox. Fox, yeah. yeah. Anyway, so this should be a good opportunity... A young Batman, inexperienced, angry, brutal, but also hyper-intelligent. And Riddler is the perfect villain to be like, you You, can punch, you can't punch your way out of this. Yeah. You're going to have to figure this I'm out. I'm smarter. I'm smarter than you. Yeah. So, yeah, that's that should be fun. I, I hope that is the conflict, though. I really hope that is, like, the main idea behind the movie is that he has this brutal ferocity, but he can't win anyway just with that yeah that kind of introduces what makes him the world's greatest detective uh-huh is that he has to use his big old brain his bat brain his big old bat brain mm-hmm yeah or uh it could just be like all the other batman movies and still be really fucking awesome sure i mean it looks great <laughs> so even if it's dumb as rocks it's probably gonna look pretty good mm -hmm. so and I really liked, uh, I think Matt Reeves did the, the Planet of the Apes trilogy, right? Yeah. The new ones? Yeah. Big fan of those, so I have a lot of hope. Oh, yeah, I have a lot of faith in Matt Reeves. Reeves. Yeah. A lot of faith. I think, he, I think he'll do really well with this. He's just a great director. Yeah. And then, you know, you get Andy Serkis as, as Alfred, you just say, come on, man. Okay. And I just, I just read John Turturro is Carmine Balcone. Well, there you go. So, even better. That's pretty good. We get some mob bosses. We get some some uh, some some Alfred Pennyworth. Mm -hmm. Some penguins. Some penguins. Riddle. And we get a s sexy ass Catwoman. And they're a they're a whole thing. They're uh, a, they're, they're a whole uh, they're a thing. They're a, they're a thing. They're a thing. So. Are we shipping it? 
I ship it. I ship it. I ship them too. I so yeah, <clears throat> should be good. I'm, 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 can't wait. I can't wait. And they just, at this point, they've reaffirmed, like, I don't need to see the third and final trailer. That's no. Real, real, excuse me, reveal the entire plot. Uh-uh. I don't need to see it. Uh-uh. So. Yeah, I, I've seen, ignore it. I've seen just enough. Yeah. I'm good. Yes. I'm good. Mm-hmm. I'm good. All right. Speaking of movies, speaking of seeing just enough, we're now at a point in uh, Tarantino's career where have we seen just enough? He's done nine out of ten films. Mm-hmm. It's planned ten at least. It's planned ten, right? And he was recently in an interview, or being interviewed rather, in the interviewer. Get out of here. Oh, that was interviewer asked him about his last movie the fabled 10th film right and if it could somehow maybe maybe be kill bill volume three and well i'll let you say what he said because i didn't actually well (laughs) i mean i i feel like they're making uh much do about nothing in this interview unfortunately because I really want a Kill Bill three, which I think would be a nice little, you know, cherry on top of his career. Yeah. But uh, essentially, he said the interviewer asked him, "Well, do you think your last movie could be Kill Bill 3? And he said, "I don't really know. Uh, why not?" So <laughs> essentially, he was saying, "I don't know, but it's not out of the question." Yeah. Um, which is just enough. Yeah, to make the headlines. (laughs) But he also did say uh, in that same interview he would like to do a a really traditional take on a spaghetti western. Um, Some people were claiming it it would be like a comedy, um, but he wanted to do it in the the sense of everyone on the set knows a different language because they're all from different places. Like the the old-timey spaghetti westerns were... Uh, if you don't know, a lot of them were shot in Italy on the cheap using, you know, uh, a Babylonian tower of different languages um, and people from different places because they just kind of grabbed whoever they could for the cast yeah. at the time. And that led to, if you look at, like, you know, Good, Bad, and the Ugly, that entire trilogy... Uh, their mouths don't move with the words. <laughs> yeah, it's all done after the fact and done in voiceover because of that. Um, but he's clearly a fan of the western, the old western, so it makes sense that he'd want to do that. Mm-hmm. But that being said, rolling with the headlines that uh, you know they've been printing, would you be okay with a Kill Bill Volume Three being his last movie, or would you want something? else. I mean, I, I have always been <clears throat> particular to his crime stuff in the beginning of his career. Pulp Fiction, Jackie Brown, Reservoir Dogs. Mm-hmm. That stuff really gets my rocks off. Mm-hmm. And so, if it were up to me, I would have him go back and do something in that universe. Mm-hmm. Like kind of Maybe something to kind of uh, confirm that those two movies are indeed connected. Okay. Uh, Reservoir Dogs and Pulp Fiction. Um, Because that's always been the rumor that the suitcase that 
Well, this is the this is my favorite theory. <laughs> this is the one that's been floated the most, uh-huh. and it's also been the one that like uh, Tarantino gets kind of cheeky about, where he's like, oh, "I like that. I don't know, maybe that what they what the um, robbers and Reservoir Dogs actually stole was um, uh, Marcellus Wallace's soul." that he had sold to the devil. Mm-hmm. And the deal with the the nerds in Pulp Fiction is what kind of goes awry. And they're like, we, we know we fucked up. Uh, we, we were meaning to pay him back and all this blah, blah, blah. We don't get the details of how the deal goes awry. But right. somehow they got their hands on the stuff that, was, that the Reservoir Dogs stole. Uh-huh. And they were supposed to give it back to Marcellus. And they didn't. And that's why you never see what's in it. Uh-huh. And that's why every time it opens up, it's like, it's not gold, it's his soul. And that's why when Vincent Vega sees it, he's speechless. He wouldn't be speechless yeah. over a bunch of money. He's seen money. Yeah. He wouldn't be speechless over it's gold because it's like, whatever. It's just, it is what it is. He's, yeah. he's, I mean, we know that when he goes to buy that Heron, mm-hmm. that the motherfucker pulled out a brick of money. So money ain't shit to him. So right, to right. see something that left him speechless has to be something really almost special. metaphysical, yeah. if you will. Yeah. Uh, I like that theory a lot. So so uh, the entire time the heist is planned? The heist is supposed to be like the misdirection. They go and steal the jewels and shit, but what they're really there for is Marcellus's soul. I don't know how okay. it got there, uh-huh. uh, but that's, that's the theory. Yeah, because because he sold it. He sold his soul to the devil, and then he was right. retrieving it, through, basically pulling a fast one on the devil through through the characters of Reservoir Dogs, hiring them. He okay. he employed them to get, to get his it back. Soul back. Yeah. So okay. I don't. And again, I don't know how the white dudes in Pulp Fiction are involved. I think like they're. I don't know. Maybe they're the uh, the. Uh, uh, the crippled, weird, wheelchair uh, planner uh-huh. character of the heist sure. uh, genre, if you will. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know how all of that connects. Okay. But. Yeah, I could follow that. Yeah. Hmm. Which I love that the most. Well, then let me ask you this, because I agree that would be awesome, even though I've been on record as saying Kill Bill is top three for sure of Tarantino for me. Um, would you prefer a brand new story or do you, would you prefer a sequel or connecting tissue movie of some kind for his well, final? Film? I guess, I guess if the original story is something, I mean, he's, he's been doing this really like, okay, once upon a time and Inglorious bastards, very, you know, like I love, I love that this this Tarantinoism of going back and just rewriting history sure. and just playing with it, that's fun. So I guess if he did one more movie like that, nah, you know, his last movie, I would I would like him to dip his toe back into I I, I honestly I'm with you. I would prefer it to be Kill Bill Volume Three, probably. Yeah. If if I had a if I had a vote, I would vote against any kind of Western. Okay. Not that I don't like Westerns. I love Westerns. Well he's he's done a Western. He's done two. Yeah. Django and 
Hateful Eight. Are, are, that's true, yeah. And, you know, some people call Kill Bill Volume 2 a neo-Western. Yeah. So I, yeah. Can, I, can, I can squint my eyes and see that. Yeah, so let's say two and a half. Yeah. Say two and a half. So I'm done with that. Mm-hmm. I don't want any more of those. That's not including all the Western parts in Once Upon a Time. Right. Because <laughs> yeah. that, that's its own little thing, too. Exactly. He's yeah. very, as we know, being fans of Tarantino, very partial to Sergio Leone and, and just Spaghetti Western and all that stuff. So I would prefer that he left that alone. Mm-hmm. I think we've we've turned that stone we've turned that stone a couple of times now. And yeah. I, you know, just uh, eh. 2020, well, whenever he would make it, 2024, 2025, or whatever. Probably, yeah. I don't want to see a fucking Western. No. Another one. Another one. Another one. I mean, I would still watch it, obviously. That's I mean, of course I would. Yeah. 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 For sure. But Yeah. Have yeah. you gone back and watched the extended cut of Hateful Eight? No. Yeah, me neither. <laughs> it's a lot. It's a lot of content. I've been wanting to watch it, but... Like, the more that I watch Hateful Eight, the more that I like that movie, mm-hmm. the more that my opinion on it has softened. Yeah. And, in fact, it's kind of hard for me to call it his worst movie. The way that I look at it now is, like, it's just not as good as the other ones, but to say it's his worst is is hard for me because it's yeah. a good movie. Yeah. It's a really good yeah. movie. Yeah, I've come around to it, too. It's it's kind of bubbled up and down that, uh, quote, worse yeah. uh, movie moniker. But, I, mean, I guess technically, if we're counting, uh, uh, not Planet Terror, but uh, Death the, Proof. The Death Proof. Mm-hmm. Death Proof's got to be its worst, right? I think so. I, I think so. Just because it's it's, I think it's his least cohesive and coherent. The highs of that movie are incredible, and the lows I feel are some of the lowest of his entire. Uh, filmography yeah but that being said like it's still better than most movies I, I don't know I love it I still I still really enjoy the movie it's just it's slow in parts but it's supposed to be yeah it needs to be yeah. in order for it to pay off but tonally and narratively it it um, it's kind of all over the place for me yeah so I don't think it's yeah I, I would say it's his weakest um, yeah, I guess weakest is a better way. The worst movie just always feels too like harsh. Yeah, because it's not. I, I like it too. It's not. I'm not saying it's a bad movie. I'm just saying like if you have to rank all of his movies, yeah. it has to be the lowest one. But yeah, I I I feel the same. It's like it, there's moments in that movie where I'm like, this is incredible, mm-hmm. and then there's other moments where I'm like, eh, it is it is what it is. It's yeah. a movie. Yeah. So yeah, I mean. Ranking wise, I think it has to be the lowest. Yeah, and I would put Hateful Eight now above that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think so. And that's coming from a car guy. I love all the car coming scenes. from a car guy. Car guy. He's a car guy. Um. Yeah. 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 So I would, I would hope that he doesn't do anything like that. I hope that he doesn't do any. We're, I'm, I'm, I hope we're done with westerns. My vote would be to either dip your toe in a movie that he's done already. So either Kill Bill Volume 3 or maybe some kind of like Pulp Fiction Chapter 2, something like that, to kind of... I've always had this thought in my head of um, 
kind of kind of fantasy booking uh, a movie, fantasy casting a movie. Uh-huh. Um, I had this idea that he could do um, Samuel L. Jackson, bring him back as as Jules, mm-hmm. and he's this like old weathered hitman. Like he never got out of life like he wanted to when he found out that that uh, Vincent was murdered. Mm-hmm. It shouldn't have affected him because they were just hitmen, and that was that was his friend. But like, you can't let that kind of stuff affect you because sure. it, it happens all the time. But like, he couldn't shake it, and so the film is about him basically trying to track down uh, Butch. Yeah, which I thought would be really cool. Yeah, Butch is like this old, you know, he's old punched up boxer. He's in Romania or somewhere. Like he's he's made it out. He's living this life. Jules is not been out of the life so he's been steady killing people while at the same time always inching closer and closer to butch yeah but then again i guess that has this weird old man action payoff sure. that is kind of very cheap and like yeah yeah um, i don't know i guess it would have worked 10 15 years ago yeah yeah i mean i would i would like i, I picture that movie ending with butch killing jewels because of course he would because yeah. you can't be happy. <laughs> yes, yeah, yeah. That's yeah. what it is. Yeah, that'd be good. Because Butch didn't really deserve anything he got. Yeah. And, uh, you know, that's the way that's the way that story would go. Yeah. I like that. Yeah. Yeah, I, li- I, I like just Butch just not getting killed. Like, just the whole time. He's happy. He has you, kids. You want Jules to get his revenge for Vincent. And he's, like, sloppy and, like, chubby and old. And yeah. just gets lucky and kills him. Yeah. Just like he always does. Yep. Just like he did in his boxing career. Uh-huh. Just like he did the whole time. I, yeah, that'd be good. Yeah, we should just make that movie. Yeah, I can do that. Um. Yeah. I mean, I I, I tend to agree with you as far as wanting um, wanting a sequel. I'm I'm kind of craving a sequel, and I think Kill Bill Volume Three would make the most sense because I think it Kill Bill Volume One and Two lead to a sequel most easily out of everything he's done. Yeah. Um, there's clearly threads to follow up on. He's talked about bringing back characters and having uh, casting uh, Mia Hawk. Yeah, that'd be cool. Um, yeah, I think she'd be great. Yeah. So Don't do any fucking prequels. No, Please, we don't. For the love of God. We don't God. need that anymore. I'm We're so sick of prequels, man. We're in a post-prequel world. I mean, I'm just. I mean, we're not though. We're living in the first the first movie. Now. Are we? Are we yeah. though? Because Black Widow just came out and was a huge movie. But that was a movie that was in the works for a long time before it came out. I mean, it should have just come out. It shouldn't have even done the. It shouldn't have been a prequel. It should. It should have just come out before yeah. Endgame. Yeah. So that it, it could have just exactly, been a movie. Exactly. And we would have had more context for that character because yeah. it wasn't a bad movie. It was a good movie, but it's decent. Um, yeah. But. I think it would have helped out a lot with adding even more to Endgame. They waited so long to give her, and, and it's so confusing. Well, and to for me. what? Right? For what? Why did they wait so long? I mean, it was all the negotiations. Scar- <laughs> they yeah, didn't right? want to give her the money. Probably that's yeah. probably what it was. She was probably playing hardball, bro. Yeah. yeah, that's the only thing I can imagine. Because, or I mean, obviously, misogyny is another thing yeah, I can yeah, imagine. Sure. Yeah. It just doesn't make any sense though, because she. Outside of the MCU, she was a hugely bankable star. Of course. Still is. Yeah. I just don't get how they squandered that. I mean, apparently they played nice enough to, uh, 
I would think be able to use her or her character sometime in the future if they want to. Um, they could have made a Black Widow movie after Iron Man Two. Yeah, I believe that would have been perfect. I strongly believe that would have been perfect. She, she was... gets set up in Iron Man Two as uh-huh. a fucking badass. Yep. And then you go. Now she gets her standalone movie. Mm-hmm. Now you fucking. Now you you you've done it already. You you you've already. It's so funny to me that these studios like Marvel get this credit for breaking down these barriers, and yet they could have done this shit so much long longer ago. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like Squid Game, for instance, is being credited as a uh, a movie or a show, rather. Sorry, that is proving. That you don't need an all-white cast to be successful. And I saw this person tweet this, and they were like, that thing, that gets proven every year. <laughs> yeah. And we're at a point now where Hollywood just doesn't give a shit. It's not paying attention. Because there's no, we don't need this proven to us anymore. Yeah. It's been getting proven for the past, like, 20 years. There's a movie that comes out, and they go, look at that, don't need an all-white cast. I mean, fucking Black Panther, fucking uh, Crazy Rich Asians. But it happens Every yeah. year, oh yeah, well, where we I, have this conversation. That's the thing. It's like once it's proven, quote unquote, then they feel it's safe to do it. Like with Shang Chi, you know. Yeah, but they could. I mean, again, we already know this. There's been successful movies years and years and years. Yeah. It's not that we need to be shown POCs as the lead characters in these movies. Hollywood doesn't care. The people who bankroll these movies do not care. They have, and and Matt Damon actually talked about this, Mm. they have a set list of guys and girls that they go, these are our bankable stars right now. 2020, if I put Chris Evans in a movie, if I put Chris Pratt in a movie, if I put any Chris in a movie, I'm guaranteed I'll be fine. And they have a couple of black dudes that they're like, Denzel's still bankable, Will Smith still bankable. Uh, Michael B. Jordan, he's having his moment right now. Yeah. Uh, Jamie Foxx, sort of, mm-hmm. not really as bankable as he used to be. You know, then there's the insulary white dudes like the Matt Damons and the Benedict Cumberbatches, sure. where you're like, I, I could, I could bankroll a, uh, a an indie hit on this guy, or like yeah. a more interesting movie, right? And that's what it's built on, mm-hmm. because again, it's already been proven a thousand times over. That you can just have a movie filled with a like an incredibly diverse cast, and if the movie is good, it will work. Sure. Parasite, just what a, two years ago? Two years ago, yeah. A non-English language movie, and like the director, obviously his famous quote about being able to get over that two-inch bar on yeah. the screen. Read subtitles. But and the thing, the thing is, is we have been for years. Yeah. It's not. It's not the consumer. It's these banks and these financiers who are the ones who are going, I'm not going to give you any money if there's not a white dude in this movie. Yeah, and I, I think the problem is a lot of that is, is unfortunately based on the viewer, the consumer. Because, But it's not, though. Well, I, Because if you look at the movies that are successful whenever they don't do that, they just go, wow, what a surprise success. Yeah. And it's like, it's not a surprise. Yeah. Well, after There's after, billions of Asians. Why would it be a surprise? <laughs> after we cracked the code on this one. <laughs> we uh, figured it out. <laughs> yeah, no, that's that's true. I'm, I'm saying in general, though, like 
the they continue to need proof because they're old and they grew up in in a society where in a society, in a society if you can call it that <laughs> where it you know we didn't know if we could have a, a bankable blockbuster uh, anchored by an Asian lead. Yeah. You know, so it's just, it's old thinking and it's yes. going to die out like everything else. Well, when they die, that's what I'm saying. <sighs> RIP. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's only a matter of time and, and the more and more, unfortunately we have to prove that audiences are there for these more diverse casts and, you know, and, and again, obviously there's a line between having a diverse cast and pandering Right. Or, or doing it wrong and having, like, an all-black cast written by a white guy. Right. You know, like, obviously there are ways to do it right and wrong, but I think only time is is, is going to help the situation. Yeah. Where these people are going to get themselves out of the industry and it's going to be proven time and time and time again that you can put money behind a multicultural cast. Or a niche story about, you know, a Cambodian family. Or something, you know, like yeah, just stuff that you don't usually see in Hollywood. I uh, I disagree. I don't think it's ever going to stop. Okay, I think the people who make the movies are going to be beholden to the people who finance the movies, and the people that finance the movies are just going to give the money to their sons who are fucking pieces <laughs> of shit. Just have babies that are equally prejudiced. Yeah, it's just gonna it's just gonna continue closed minded forever. I mean, we're in twenty twenty one. And we're we're looking at Squid Game and going. Can you imagine? Can you believe? There's not a <laughs> no, white. No. Look, the only white people in this thing are the villains. Despair not, my friend, because they will always go where the money goes, and the money is going with more diversity, and going with these different stories than we're yeah, used to I guess seeing. That's true. Yeah. So even if they don't do it for the right reasons, they will be swayed. Yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. Yep. <clears throat> well, all that to say, can't wait for Tarantino's tenth. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we'll see. We'll see what it is. I mean, I'm. I will be there. I will be there first day. Speaking of diversity in Hollywood, I uh-huh. want to get on this, and then we can get out of here. Okay. Uh, the Mel Gibson casting was very interesting. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Apparently, Hollywood cannot find a middle-aged white dude <laughs> not named uh, Mel Gibson. Schmel Schmipschen. Schmel Schmipschen. Yeah, we don't want that algorithm. <laughs> I don't understand this casting for a couple of reasons, but let's talk about it. Okay. The Continental is a spinoff movie based in the John Rick universe – and it's going to be about the Continental, the organization uh, that's basically a safe space, ironically, for assassins. Mm-hmm. Uh, somewhere that they can uh, rest their weary heads across in the middle of murdering. And say anti-Semitic remarks. <laughs> and uh, for some reason, this spinoff is not starring the, the black dude who's the host of the uh, Continental in the... John Wick mm-hmm. movies. It's not starring him. Mm-hmm. It's starring Mel Gibson of all people. <laughs> now, oh, I'm so sorry. I have to. I have to interject here. The Continental will explore the origin 
behind the hotel for assassins. My friends, we have another prequel on our hands. Oh, <laughs> God, it's not a... It's not a like a, uh, a, a parallel movie. It's a fucking prequel. Yes. God damn it. Why, God? <laughs> Why? Why do you keep putting prequels in front of us? Why do you keep giving prequel inspiration to these filmmakers? Make them do better. Ask them. Force them. Please. To make more original content. Something. Content is king, God you know this. <laughs> There's no reason to keep making these movies. <sighs> so, here's the thing. When this got announced and it made its rounds on Twitter, you had two lines of thinking. You had people going, why Mel Gibson? Why? Yeah. He's a garbage human being. He shouldn't be put in anything. There's no reason why he should be in this movie. And then the other line of thinking was, it's been, what, 10 years? Yeah, it's, it's been, been 10 to 12 years. Do we not forgive the man? Can you not make a mistake? Can you not live to fight another day? <laughs> he made more than one mistake. Yeah, he made a couple of mistakes. Yeah. Some oopsies. Here's my thinking on this. I am not Jewish, so okay. I can't speak from that perspective. Sure. I am half black. Uh-huh. And I can't speak from that perspective. Yeah. From on a personal level, if you get caught saying the N-word as a white dude, and in the context that he said it, guess what? Especially in the context that he said it. It's over for me. It's okay? over. It's over. Because here's the thing, bud. No one who talks like that when they're drunk doesn't at least sort of feel that way. Yeah. And there's nothing that you can say to me that's going to make me believe otherwise. That's why I would... Why do you think that I have such a fucking ire for Hulk Hogan? Do you think it's just random? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> do you think that it's just this... Or do you think maybe it's the fact that like he's wrestled and rubbed shoulders with so many persons of color, a lot of them black folks, Yep. and then this is the way that he feels about them? And then at home... That's a different tune. So, personally, it's an unfor unforgivable to me. And if I were Jewish, I would also probably have a stance on that. I would just, the only reason I even mention that is because I'm not, so who am I to forgive or not forgive sure. somebody for being anti-Semitic? Not your place. I mean, on a personal level, I don't forgive them for the anti-Semitism either. So, without the anti-blackness, the racism, if it was anti-Semitic, I would still be like, well, you're a piece of garbage. Yeah. Be that as it may, if Hollywood deems uh, his crimes not worthy of blacklisting him. He's been vanquished to TV. <laughs> that's their call. Mm -hmm. My beef with this is really, do we need Mel Gibson in anything else? It's like seeing Kevin Costner in something or like Kevin Spacey. Or like any of these other 60 to 70 year old mm. white dudes, it's like, if you're not Kurt Russell, I just really don't want to see you. I, I just, you know what I'm saying? Like, unless the role calls for it. Because sure. the problem is, the role never calls for it. They always get a guy like Bruce Willis or Mel Gibson 
one of these middle-aged white dudes, and then they're always doing shit that they wouldn't be able to do in real life. <laughs> yeah. I love Bob Odenkirk, and nobody is a very like interesting idea and concept, and I thought it was really interesting. But at the same time, that motherfucker would never be able to. He had a heart attack on the set. No, no, on the set of no, a Better, Better Call, Call Saul. Saul. Still, yeah. he's not. He's not even doing anything in Better Call Saul. That's a talkie. Yeah, yeah. So, it, I just don't. Again, I, I, I mean, we haven't seen the movie. Don't really know the full plot of the movie. So maybe he's just like a guy behind the counter. I highly doubt that. I'm sure he's some kind of weathered assassin, and he creates sure. this. Uh, organization for other assassins, yada yada. But he's going to be kicking a bunch of ass in the movie, of you course. know. And you know, they, I'm sure, picked him because they're like, oh well, you know, people will be able to look at him and be like, oh, that's that's an old action hero. Like they want him to be identifiable as Mel Gibson because of you know who he was in his 20s and 30s. But again, you're picking him because he's Mel Gibson. Do you think maybe they know that this is so controversial and that's part of it? That he's supposed he's an assassin after all. So it's not like he's a good guy. It's not like John Wick's a good guy. He kills people for money. <laughs> so do you think that there's a level to it? I don't think so. I think they went as far as going, who's an aging white action star that we can pull into this thing but they had to know they had to know that this was coming you really think that they were so naive to think that it was just gonna blow over that like enough get the gringo or whatever straight to dvd <laughs> yeah. movies that the he's beaver. done has been enough <laughs> the beaver yes has been enough to like allow him back into hollywood's good graces you know i honestly think they're that naive i think they think that people either forgot or didn't even realize that happened because they're young enough that they got into the John Wick movies uh, post when they could have known about all this Mel Gibson stuff. Yeah. They're like, oh, Mel Gibson, I've heard about that guy, Mad Max, right? And then, <laughs> you know. You think that people will go, Mad Max, Mad right? Max, right? Am I right? Yeah, his first movie, right? Uh, um, so, yeah, I, I genuinely think they just picked him because he is an iconic action actor. Thinking that people would forgive him for his past sins at this point. Think about what young people would have to will have to do if they don't know who Mel Gibson is. When they go see this movie and they go, well, who's Mel Gibson? And then their parent is like, oh, he was an old action guy, a uh, really good actor, great director. Said some stuff. Said some stuff. And then, and then you have to Google it. You have to go, oh, well, what, why has he been such a pariah these past, like, ten years? Yeah. And then you look it up and you go, and then you, I guess you have to make that judgment call was like, was that enough? What sure. you said, would that bother you? I think they're betting on people, uh, or, or there being enough time between that. Yeah, maybe, maybe time heals all wounds. I think they, they okay. feel like, uh, we've had enough cool down time to accept Mel Gibson back in a, a leading or not even leading, but like a major role. It's wild. To think what studios like that think of the consumer, right? Mm -hmm. I, it, it would be hard for me to let a friend, a, 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 a person that I know personally, person that I know personally, huh? it would be hard for me to let them back into my circle on a personal level, personally, a person that I yeah. personally know, uh -huh. on a personal level, back into my circle, right? having had a rant like that. Like sure. if I go to, you know, uh, 
a house party or something and somebody has like a racist rant mm -hmm. and then they text me the next thing they're like you know that's not really me right i was just drunk i'd be like me <laughs> dog when i get drunk i don't say shitty things like that i say super nice things i want to kiss people like what are you talking about right. that's not yeah. what do you mean it's not how this works yeah so it's funny to me and fascinating really that these studios will look at us the consumer and be like it's been long enough yeah it's been it's been they're okay with this guy now right <sighs> yeah because i don't even fucking know mel gibson why would i forgive him I don't even know him. He's done nothing for me. I don't know. I'm guessing. You could take all of his movies away. <laughs> what movie would you miss? I mean the Mad Max movies. I'd miss the Mad Max movies. Nah. Lethal Weapon? Nah. They're good movies. They're good movies. Would I miss them? Nah. Honestly, the only movie that I would probably miss is The Patriot. And that's like, exactly, exactly, exactly. All right. <laughs> I just had this weird thing with that movie. I'm just like. <laughs> Making some judgment calls right now. I mean, I, I don't, I don't know. And it's just so funny. Ironically, that's, that's the fucking movie, right? Where he's like, probably be the most himself. <laughs> sure. Yeah. <laughs> I scalped a bunch of Indians because uh -huh. I was angry. <laughs> Please forgive me. <laughs> I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. I just keep I brutalized the women and the children because of anger. But that's not really me. Mm -hmm. Please forgive me. Yeah. 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 Well, the uh, the most saddening part of this entire thing is that I think that this is probably going to be a success. It will lead to more opportunities for Mel Gibson, and he's going to be back, baby. And probably again. Uh, based off of, I'm sure they did like a poll, a general poll of how people would feel about Mel Gibson being in, uh, you know, major uh, miniseries or whatever this thing's going to be. And people said, eh, I'm fine with it. What's it going to be on? Stars? Stars. Yes. Interesting. It will be a three-night special event TV series. Oh, it's only three episodes? Yeah. Produced by Stars. Interesting. According to Deadline. Look! Look at look at the hate in his eyes. Exactly, man. Like, who told him that that facial hair was okay? Why? Why it's did really he? Why? Bad. I mean, he yeah. looks like a guy who owns a plantation. He looks like a Sith. Yeah, he's aging like a Sith. Yeah. <sighs> Unlimited power. <sighs> I made a movie about Jesus. <laughs> yeah, you can take that fucking movie. Yeah, don't don't need to do that one. Yeah, don't need to do that one. I mean, think about it. Really, like the Mad Max movies are dope. They're yeah. great movies, for sure. I mean, Braveheart, right? Braveheart, but really, though, when's the last time you've seen Braveheart? It's been a few years. And, and like, I mean, did it really deserve, like, eight Oscars? Probably not. You know? Apocalypto, people really like love that movie. I could do away with it. It's, it was it's, fine. It was, yeah, I enjoyed it, but, yeah. I don't go back to watch it every year, you know? I just don't think... I just don't... This is... I guess this is me personally. It has nothing to do with Mel Gibson. I like Mel Gibson... As an actor, yeah, I do like the shit that he's done. Leave the weapon one or two are great. Mm -hmm. Then four has a charm to it, even though it's terrible. It has a charm to it. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it introduced me to Jet Li. Uh huh. Yeah, yeah. So there's that. I mean, I was just like, who? What? What is this? And then you go back and watch all of his movies, and you're like, oh, okay, he's incredible. He's the greatest. But you take all of that, all that away. I don't know if you really lose that much when you really think about it. 
I mean, I'll say this. Maybe this is controversial. I think Fury Road is the best Mad Max movie. Oh, no. It's, I mean, I 100% agree. And right? I'm, I'm a Mad Max fan, and I 100% agree. So if that was the first movie, and you had no context for it, honestly, you watch Fury Road, and it, you don't need the other movies. I don't Not think really. it, it, having the other movies builds that out more for mm-hmm. you. But really, you don't need the other movies. It's a standalone sure. classic. Yeah, yeah. Uh, for many people, it is a standalone movie. A lot of people don't have never seen the Mad Max movies outside of that one. So, all right, yeah, yeah I guess I can agree with you on that one. <laughs> yeah, you whittled me down. You whittled me down. We don't need. Side. We no longer need Mel Gibson. We don't need him. We don't need him. Think about it. Take away. I mean, you know, there's a, there's plenty of guys who just take away their entire fucking army hammer. Just all of his movies. <laughs> what do we need him for? You know. Take away, take them all away. Yeah, yeah. What was that? Well, except for Social Network, obviously. Yeah, he's, he's a side character, and that doesn't really count. Yeah, it's not his movie. It's not his movie. Yeah. No. Yeah, true. Uh, that is plenty of guys. <laughs> uh-huh. Plenty of guys. Yeah. Unfortunately. Yeah. <laughs> Unfortunately. Think about that, though. Think about how many, like, white dudes... You could pick three, just like his whole career. You could just get rid of it. Well, I'm thinking even specifically like problematic white dudes. Yeah, just problematic white dudes. Yeah. Like, I mean, Kevin Spacey. Mm-hmm. Let's think about this. Other than House of Cards and a smattering of like tremendous stuff. Sure. Usual Suspects, American mm-hmm. Beauty. Mm-hmm. Do we really need his filmography? No. no. I mean, he was a great actor. Oh, uh, Seven. Seven, seven, yeah, he's great. Seven, yeah, he's great. Seven. Playing a creep. Okay, so I guess okay. What are the rules to this taking away their? Do they have to be in it, or does it have to be their movie? Because when I was talking about Mel Gibson, I was saying his, his movies. Yeah. yeah, Mad Max, Patriot, Lethal Weapon, all of that shit can go. I think not going to miss him. I think it does have to be their starring role. So, so if, is he the star of the Usual Suspects? No. I don't think so. But it's, think so. It, it's an ensemble, so... Yeah. So nobody's really the star. Right. So we'll let that one pass. Uh, he clearly... Is, seven, he's... He's in seven... No, he's not the star. That's 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 Pitt and, and Morgan Freeman. Yeah. So that stays. American Beauty, he is the star, but honestly... Take it. Take it away. It's fine. Take it. I don't need it's American Beauty. It's a creepy Beauty. movie anyway. Yeah. I, I don't it. need it. Excuse me. Uh, House of Cards, take it away. Yeah, take it. Take it away. Take it. Don't need it. Don't need it. So but, has been judged. <laughs> what about John Hamm? You have to take away Mad, Mad, Mad Men. He's not, he's not problematic. No, though. no, no. I'm just saying like the rest of his... <laughs> maybe this is mean... Maybe we shouldn't go down this road. We could just start talking about, like, these guys haven't done anything. <laughs> uh, no, I mean, John Hamm. No, he's not problematic at all. I love John Hamm. I'm just saying, like. Well, he, he's worth his, his weight in gold based off of Mad Men and uh, bu- 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 the Black Mirror episode he was in. Yeah. Damn, you weight that really high. Huh? I said you wait that really hard. Oh yeah, it's no. enough to like keep his whole career just off. One oh episode. yeah, no, I'm 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 happy with that. Ooh, he, Justin Timberlake, take his whole filmography, bro. Throw it in the garbage. Like, what has he done? Well, yeah, of course. What <laughs> has he done? 
Do we have to get rid of in sync then? No, 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 no. <laughs> you can't do that. Don't, don't be crazy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're being silly now. You're being a silly goose. No. His filmography, though. Oh, yeah, Every of course. movie that he's done. Has he done anything of note? Even even in the social network, like it was like, oh, that's surprising that he actually like pulled his weight. But yeah. then, you know, fucking Jesse Eisenberg walks in and you're like, oh, he's yeah. getting out acting. He's yeah. just getting, he's, he's yeah. acting circles around. It's not even close. Him and Andrew Garfield just eat <laughs> him up. <laughs> fucking eat him up, man. Mm-hmm. But they eat everybody up. They yeah. just, they play fucking run amok in that movie. Yep. Uh, I don't know. I'm gonna keep. I'm gonna keep thinking about this. Off, off Stop camera. canceling yeah, yeah, actors, please. Yeah, they don't need them. Yeah. All right, all right. I think we got it, right? Yep. All right. Well, before we get out of here, you know we have to do it, people, because I feel like I was going down a, a, a negative road. It sure, were. And so the only way to recover is to do our cheers of the week. Oh, <laughs> I guess I deserve that. It, so, Adam. That was for John Hamm. <laughs> Please tell us your cheers of the week. My cheers of the week, my friend, is going to be for TV backlights. <laughs> okay. I will explain. Clink me up. Cheers. So, I like, you know, most normal people never thought about getting a, uh, a backlight for my TV. Uh, in fact, I vividly remember when TV, there was a TV, I forget who the manufacturer was, but a TV came out that had a backlight built into it. And I always thought like, that is the most stupid thing. You're going to pay like probably $500 more just to have light shoot up behind your TV. Okay. Stupid. Right? Yeah. Makes uh, no sense. Yep. So far, so good. Um, then I saw on Fat Kid Deals uh, a kit for TV backlighting. Uh, it's, it's a Govi Immersion TV LED. Uh, and I, I found it. It was like 60 bucks. Whereas there's a way more popular, way better quality one from Philips called the Philips Hue that you can like fully customized, it's really high quality, but it's literally like hundreds of dollars. So, with the steel, I said... With a steel, with a deal. Steel of a deal. With a steel of a deal. Steel of a deal. I decided to go in on it. I got it. It has a little camera that monitors your TV screen, Mm -hmm. and based on what's on the screen, projects the color behind the TV. And I'll tell you what. It's a game changer. Really? It's incredible. It is so cool. It's so immersive. It uh, it adds an extra element that you didn't know you needed. But, I mean, I got to say, if you can get something around the price range I did, 60 bucks, I wouldn't probably wouldn't pay more than like 100 bucks for it. I say do it. Mm. It's really, really cool. Huh. It's literally just, it's super easy to install. It's just strips of lights that you glue onto the back of the yeah. TV. Yeah. Um, it has a smartphone app. You have it on the living room TV or your bedroom TV? No, I have it on the living room TV. I haven't turned it on. Oh, okay. But it connects to your, your home, your smart home system. Um, so, yeah. I mean, it's just really cool. It works with movies, 
games, all that. Very cool stuff. You wouldn't think it, but it is a very good. So check it out. All right. Yes. I love it. Off the beaten path with your cheers, my friend. Yes. Uh, shit, I had it. Oh, no. Oh, I got it. Okay. <clears throat> cheers to uh, safe spaces at these rock shows. This is apparently uh, kind of the point <clears throat> of those shows, of the crowd, of like the, the vibe. Uh-huh. And I kind of glossed over it a little bit in the beginning of the show, talking about how good it felt to feel seen at a show like that. Uh-huh. But uh, it, was a, it, was a, it was a real moment for me. And I told uh, Paris about this, and, and she was like, well, yeah, that's kind of like... That's kind of the the point. I mean, it doesn't obviously doesn't always go over that well, and it's not always, you know, put into practice the way it should be put into practice. And obviously, there's there's problems with every scene, every sure. you know, every crowd, whatnot. A couple but, of Nazis spoil the bunch, right? But the idea is that uh, it's supposed to be a safe space for everybody, right? And to have gone to my first show. Uh, and felt that, you know, the first 30 minutes of being there, mm-hmm. being like, oh, uh, this, I, I feel welcomed into this space. It felt like walking into a guy's apartment who you didn't know, but was like super friendly. It was yeah. like, oh, I'm glad you're here. And you're like, glad I'm here. You don't even know me. And they're like, oh, I'm just a nice guy. Yeah. It was like happy to see you for no reason. Yeah. I mean, maybe that's because you went in with a bit of apprehension mm-hmm. and you were greeted instead of, with hostility or, you know, you, you probably had your, your, uh, what, your cockles up. Yeah. Um, but going Straight in, up. yeah, going in like that and then being put at ease, I'm sure was a really like, uh, revelatory experience. Yes. Yes. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Said it better than I ever. It's <laughs> <laughs> my job. Don't worry about it. All right. Um, I think that's it, right? I think so. Well, let's review these brewskis and get the fuck out of here. Tonight's beer was from the Big Big Storm Brewing Company, the Blueberry Lemon Tort Ale. Obi, what'd you think of this brew? Uh, Well, I enjoyed it as much as I did when I was out there on the farm. On the farm? Southern Hill Farms. If you're in Orlando, check it out. It's only about a half hour away, but uh, it feels like the middle of nowhere, which is nice for a change. Um, Can you see that? It is okay. Oh yeah, I you off. It's not gonna focus. <laughs> right. um, but yeah, no, it's it is. Uh, I mean, it's perfect for drinking on a warm day out in the middle of nowhere. <laughs> Very refreshing. It uh, it has a nice citrusy, but also blueberry tartness and uh, citrus uh, uh, kick that kind of cuts. In there, otherwise, in a like in, in an otherwise mild beer, uh, I'm not getting a lot of flavor from the beer itself. It's mostly just that sort of fruity flavor, but it's not an artificially fruity flavor, which bumps it up a little bit for me. Not doing a whole lot outside of that. Very drinkable. I'm gonna give it four and a half. Mm, four and a half. Yes, yes, I. Um, I'm gonna. That's my goal. Four and a half. That sounds good. I, mm, mm. Uh, when I think about 
flavors. Mm. Uh, suckle juices. I'm gonna give it a four. Mm. It's pretty. It was solid. Um, yeah, just just ah, man. Let me get it. Let me get one more swing. Okay. Lemon comes through on that back end. Mm -hmm. Blueberry, kind of muddled. I was really expecting it to be blonde. Yeah. I don't know why. Mm -hmm. I guess maybe the lemon part of just sure. had me in my head thinking it was going to be a blonde ale. Yeah. Um, was not obviously. No. It's a very rich color. Yeah. I do you like the coloring? I think it's it's clear that they use real blueberries in this. Yeah. Um, just by the color alone. Yeah, I wouldn't say that it bursts with vibrant blueberry sweetness. I, you know, I get that lemon zest, that lemon peel on on the yeah. back. Um, all in all, though, I guess my critique is that it, the the flavorings are a little a little muddied, mm -hmm. and so kind of uh, kind of just kind of washes out, and it's just just an ale. Sure. Which again, I mean four. It's a solid, solid beer. Yeah. It's just not bad. It's not yeah. bad at all. Yeah. I think, on a, honestly, on a hot day, I would drink these all day. Yeah. On a hot day, all day. All day, hot day, boom. Big storm. All right. All right. All right. Four for myself and a four and a half for you, good sir. This has been the One Beer In Podcast for myself, Marco Dupa, and for Adam Obesius Rodriguez. Uh, go get on a farm. Thank you guys for listening. Drink delicious beer and have a beautiful evening. We love you. Wah, 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 wah. Yeah.